In this episode, I'll talk about horses' ears and what it means if they're back during training sessions. I'll talk about two different training-related possibilities and the two different solutions that go with them. So here we go, episode 67, What's With Those Ears? Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. We've all seen or perhaps lived (laughs) the cartoon of someone trying to get a pretty picture of a horse with his or her ears forward. There's people behind the camera jumping around, shaking buckets of food, throwing things in the air. So ears forward is often considered like a smile with a human. If we smile or the horse's ears are forward, it looks like everything's okay and everybody's happy. I was remembering a scene from The Simpsons. Remember The Simpsons? (laughs) And there's a scene where Marge Simpson is dropping off Lisa Simpson at school, and she's telling her that she needs to smile, even if she doesn't feel like it, so that people will like her. And if people like her, then eventually she'll be happy. I'm going to link to that YouTube video in the show notes. The show notes, depending on where you're listening, you might see the show notes there, but for sure you can always find the show notes if you go to this episode uh, directly on my website. Anyway, uh, it's a great scene and Marge ends up changing her mind and telling Lisa not to smile if she doesn't feel like it. And then she says, and when she's done feeling sad, we'll still be right there for you. So I think we need to be there for our horses too, whether their ears feel like they want to be up or back. And we need to make sure that we're not getting too fixated on this one feature like the ears. And if you see a picture or a video with a horse's ears back, see if you can suspend judgment for just a moment and ask yourself, is there a chance that you don't know that horse well enough to decide if those ears back mean that he's unhappy or not. Now, when humans get too fixated on one body part of an animal, horrible things can happen. So in uh, many Western competitions, Uh, swishing tails are seen as a fault. Now it's also seen as a fault in dressage, but in Western competitions, hopefully not so much anymore, but I'll bet you this still happens. uh, Tails are numbed, blocked, parts of tendons in the tail amputated, so the horse cannot swish his tail. Now in Another kind of competition in saddlebred competitions where it's a completely different look, you know, they want the horses kind of jacked up (laughs) 
And there's a practice of uh, taking some of the tendons that are on the underneath of the tail and cutting them. And then the tails are set so as to appear to have this higher, raw, excited tail carriage or whatever it's supposed to do. Horrible. Horrible. They are mutilating the horse's body to make sure that one body part is sitting in a particular way so as to give a particular impression. So if we get too fixated on horse's ears, and if every time we see somebody in a, in a picture and their horse's ears are back, and we go, ha ha, that horse is being tortured. He's, ups you know, he's unhappy. Well, you know what can happen is crazy humans might start to figure out some sort of surgical procedure to keep horses' ears pricked forward. Now, you might think that's crazy, but you know, it's already happening with dogs. <laughs> so why not with horses? So we don't want that to happen. So with all that said, the ears are a valuable indicator of a horse's state of mind of your horse's state of mind. It's really worth paying attention to your particular horse. How does your individual horse wear his or her ears? And importantly, when does it change? And how does it change in different circumstances? So as a trainer and a horse owner and lover, I'm always trying to figure out what my horse is feeling. And definitely the ears give big clues. Now, some horses wear their ears forward when they're being trained and it feels good. It feels like a good thing when the ears go forward. Some horses wear their ears more back and that can be good. <laughs> some horses are more floppy and that's good. Some flick around a lot, changing where they're paying attention and that's good. But for every circumstance where I just said good, on another horse, it might not be so good. So there's plenty of horses that I've ridden that when those ears prick forward when I'm riding them, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> hey, I want an ear back on me. You know, or some I want the, them flicking around. But another horse, if their ears start flicking around, they're nervous. So there's there's definitely some universal body language that we can talk about with ears, you know, pinning ears, usually bad. <laughs> pinning ears means some sort of discomfort and ears forward. Well, what are, what are the ears really telling you? They're telling you where they're paying attention. So there is, there are some things you can figure out by looking at ears and where they're paying attention. But we need to know our own particular horse's baseline. And uh, you can go listen to episode 46 of this podcast when I interview one of the world's top human body language experts who happens to also be a, a horse person, he, a horse owner, uh, Greg Hartley. And he really talks about the importance of knowing baseline because one person's mannerism might be indicative of deception or you know, stress and another one's like, oh, that's, that's just something that they do all the time, even when they're happy and relaxed. So ears are important, but, but 
your horse's ears are the most important. So this episode today is not going to be a full dissertation of ear body language analysis in horses, but what I wanted to talk about today is how it relates to questions that I often get from students. And that is when horses sort of wear their ears actively back, not necessarily pinned back, but not relaxed floppy back. It's when you, when there's a change, when, you know, this is not their normal baseline to have their ears back like this. And then for some reason during a training session, those ears come back and it feels like a negative thing. So that's not normal baseline. And it does seem to feel like an indication that something isn't quite right, but you're not sure what to do about it. So that's, um, that's the sort of practical question that I get um, in helping students with their horses because, you know, what do I do with this? <laughs> All right. So uh, some things we need to talk about with this. In my mind, I try to separate out, and this is part of knowing the baseline, is this an expression of focus? So is this is this horse like hyper-focusing? So remember, remember, this is during a training session. We're asking our horses to do stuff and maybe be athletic. So there's, during athletic endeavors or high-focus situations, you know, there's, it's not going to be just <laughs> normal smiley face, right? And we know this of ourselves. Here's something you can try. Uh, turn on your webcam Next time you are working on something on your computer, even if it's something you enjoy doing, like you're writing, you're doing some writing or you're uh, Googling something, even an interesting subject, but turn your webcam on and just hit record and then kind of forget about it. And then later go back and look. So I don't know about you, but the times that I've accidentally done that, <laughs> it's not necessarily a happy, relaxed face. My expression of intense focus when I'm not thinking about anybody else doesn't look, you know, necessarily jolly. <laughs> if you saw that picture of, of what my face looks like, you might be like, oh my gosh, she's miserable. <laughs> but I'm not. That's just my resting focus face. <laughs> right? So I think horses have that too. And um, whether it's, you know, just a puzzle that they're filling, you know, doing, or they're just having to be really focused because there's all these horses around and stuff going on and they're really focused on the rider, you know, um, we need to figure out that. So is this, um, just the way they look when they focus? So again, that goes back to our baseline. We also have to think about, again, because it's in a training session, is this an expression of effort? the grimace of the athlete. So go ahead and look at uh, sprinters or distance runners or hurdlers or any athlete during the moment of their exertion, doing the sport that they love, that they've dedicated their life to and focus in on just their faces. So in a moment of exertion, it can look a lot like a grimace. And if you took just that face separately from the rest of the situation or the backstory, 
you'd be, you, you probably would be like, wow, that person is in pain. <laughs> they are being tortured. <laughs> right. So, but it's not, they're doing the thing that they love, but it's this expression, the grimace of effort, the grimace of an athlete, even a happy athlete. So again, part of our baseline in knowing our horse. Now, if you're, um, if your horses go out of baseline and they start wearing their ears back in that, like, Ooh, something's not quite right. Always. You're going to look to pain first. Is there pain? Ulcers, ill-fitting tack, discomfort, illness. You know, they're, they're starting to get a, a virus or something like that. So, you know, when I meet a horse at a clinic, I might see this expression, but I'm going to suspend judgment. I'm like, well, let me just kind of see what's going on. What are the other clues? Uh, but if it's something that's changed recently, or it seems to be kind of pervasive throughout um, the horse's life, definitely we want to look um, look for pain. It could be, you know, a soon-to-be lameness. that It's not limping yet, but it's just not quite right ulcers are a really, really common one. So we're always going to look at pain first. So with that said, um, now onto the really sub the real subject, which is, you know, your horse, you've got the baseline, you know, what he looks like when he's putting in effort, you know, that he's not in pain, but you're asking your horse something. It's during a training session and you're like, Ooh, those ears are going back. So this is where the two categories come into play. So the two categories are that the horse, you've asked the horse to do something and he hasn't really done it. So if I talk to my students a lot about getting a hundred percent of what you ask the horse to do, that you ask the horse for something and he gives you a hundred percent of what you asked for. And in sometimes when I ask the rider, like, did your horse match your picture a hundred percent? They might be like, no. <laughs> and then I'll say, well, what percentage? And they're like, well, it's like 70%. And so sometimes when you ask your horse to do something, 70% goes into what you asked. And the other 30% is left over going, Ugh. <laughs> and it goes into this expression of like, I didn't really want to do that. I'll kind of go through the motions and see if she notices. <laughs> right. So it hasn't really gone through. So in dressage, we talk about throughness, the dressage, the through lettingness that our aids work. And that's like breathing. Well, if it's not doing that, it means something's getting stuck somewhere. <laughs> so that's choice. Number one is you ask your horse to do something. And he's not really doing it. Now this can happen um, with lots of horses and lots of different circumstances and when being asked to do lots of things. But here's a little caricature that many of you might relate to. So let's say you have a low energy horse. You ask them to do something. They did 50 to 70% of what you asked. And now you're nagging. And, you know, then it's just nagging never feels good. It doesn't feel good to the person who's nagging and it doesn't feel good to the person who's being nagged. So that makes sense. But maybe you're not even nagging them because sometimes we have um, a low energy horse. They do a mediocre response to something that they understand. And then the rider doesn't do anything about it, but 
they don't want to upset the horse because they know the horse doesn't like to work. So they're trying to be soft and light, nice. But they still asked. The horse didn't do it. And now they're not doing anything to clarify or not doing the change it. And they're just feeling, the person's just feeling really disappointed in the horse. They're disappointing themselves. And guess what? Horses feel that. They feel disappointment. And now they're bored by the whole conversation because they're like, all right, the person did this thing. I'm not really sure what I was supposed to do. So I'll kind of do sort of this thing. And well, that wasn't so bad. I don't know. She didn't punish me. She didn't really reward me. I'll just kind of stay in this limbo. And that's boring. And so there's an expression that goes with it, which is kind of like, ugh, <laughs> you're making me do this thing. It's still going on. It hasn't gotten any better. hasn't gotten any worse. And this is just yuck. <laughs> I think we all know that feeling, right? It's not a nice feeling. So that's one circumstance where I've seen horses get that kind of like, ugh, look on their face and the ears go more actively back. Now, the other circumstance where a horse's ears might be back is the horse has done what you asked. You're actually feeling like you got it. But for some reason, the horse is still feeling pressure from somewhere. So maybe you didn't release or reward. Maybe you're still holding tension in your body. So like your horse did it, but now you're keeping your leg on just in case it wants to slow down. <laughs> and so it's like, geez, I, I gave you all you want. You still got your leg on. So um, the other, well, another circumstance there is you, your horse, and I have to bring this one in, your horse did what you asked. You're happy with it. Maybe you aren't still holding your aids on, but there's, there's an inherent pressure. And this kind of goes back to the athletic grimace, but you're, um, yeah, you're, you're at your horse's limit. They're like, Oh, that jump was higher. <laughs> or, Oh, that's a little more collected than normal. That's a few more steps I have pee off than I normally do. And it doesn't mean that anything's wrong. It just means you've, you're reaching the limit and they're like, they're digging deep. So it's not just the normal expression of athletic effort, but it's like, oh, it's, you know, the, the last pull up. Come on, you got one more in you. <laughs> it's that one. And you want to recognize that because you definitely um, don't want to stay there for too long. So sometimes I can ask my horse something. I can be thrilled with what they're doing, but I'm like, come on, it's going to be a full pirouette this time. And I'm happy. And the horse knows I'm happy. They know they're successful, but I'm just sustaining it a little longer, going a little deeper. And I have to be mindful. And I'm usually saying something like, you got this, you got this. I know it'll be over soon. Just a couple more steps. So that's, you know, kind of in that same category. All right. But let's say here's something that I see a lot with students. And when I teach, I, there's a lot of talking going on, not just from me, but I'm, I'm asking my students a lot of questions and, and I teach my students to experiment. And then, and they tell me like, what, tell me when you feel it. And so, sometimes in clinics, 
we'll be working, working, working on something. We're playing around. I see the rider making progress. And all of a sudden, like, wow, there they are. They're in the sweet spot. There's a breakthrough moment. And I'm, I'm like getting all excited and like, I'm like, oh my gosh, there it is. And I'm watching the rider and I, and I, from their body language, there's no sign of them being happy with what they got. Now they might be happy on the inside or they might be thinking that feels good, but I'm not sure if it's right. So I'll just kind of keep riding or they're thinking, "Uh Oh, that feels good, but I don't want to let go of anything because I think it might fall apart. And what happens in that moment is they, they've been playing and playing and playing and playing, searching and searching and searching. Finally, there's a breakthrough moment. The horse is like, Whoa, let's go with a brace or finds the balance or whatever it is. And then nothing changes, just keeps going. And again, these horses are so attuned to emotions and they're just waiting for us predators on their back to like breathe and say, yes, that was it. So one of the most powerful exercises that I can do with students is to have them um, do what I call the yes moments. So um, riding around when you feel like the horse has done what you've asked, reach down, rub them on the neck for a stride or two and say yes. And that alone can be enough to cause those years to go forward. Because the horse is kind of like, I think I'm doing it. Am I doing it? Am I doing it? And they're still looking for more feedback. And you want to give them the feedback of like, yes, you got it. So here's the thing. We're already getting into solutions here. Those two categories of things are completely different. And they have complete opposite solutions. <laughs> so this is why... It's so important to be able to distinguish between these two things. So when a student asks me about this, like, hey, Karen, my horse's ears seem to be going back. Here's what I ask them. Number one, could there be pain? So we always have to ask that first. And so it, let's say there's not pain, because if there is pain, we stop there. My next question is, do you feel like your horse is doing hundred percent of what you asked? Or do you feel like he, um, do you feel like your horse is, well, I'll say this, you know, if the answer is no, I don't feel like my horse is doing what I asked, then, then, okay, good. We have that. You know, or I'll say, or do you feel like he is doing what you asked, but there's still tension. So what I'm trying to figure out is, is the human happy with the horse in that moment? So I'm kind of looking for what's the human ears doing? <laughs> is the human happy with what the horse is doing? If the human's not happy, the horse probably isn't going to be happy either. So if the, if the, the solution for, I asked my horse for something and I'm not getting the result, I'm getting a percentage of the result and the other percentage is left in that ugh, tension, then you need to figure that out and you need to figure out how your horse can be successful. So there's two ways to be successful. Either you change what you're asking for to make it easier for your horse to do it, or clarify, change your position, change your motivation, change your reward system, change your aids, change something 
so that he can get the answer right. So one of the first things I'll ask if, if my student says, no, I'm not getting what I'm asking for, then I'll say, well, is what you're asking for fair, reasonable, and possible? It's a great question to have up your sleeve because sometimes we step back and we go, actually, no, it's not. I forgot he's out of shape. You know, the ground actually is a little hard or a little slippery or whatever it is. I don't think it is fair, reasonable or possible to do this right now. Great. Don't do it. That's simple. And if you want to end up on a good note, find something easier to ask for that is fair, reasonable and possible. So your horse can be 100% successful and get the answer right. Now, if it is fair, reasonable, and possible, then we got to figure it out, right? So change your reward system, change your position, change your aids, phone a friend, figure out how are you going to make this happen? How can you be clearer? How can you be more motivating? How can you reward your horse better? Yeah, and just, and really watch, watch for those low energy horses and the, the more, I don't want to say dominant, but the more, the ones you push on them and they push back at you, <laughs> the ones who kind of play games, but like with us, like we're their toy. And some of those, you know, we get into these conversations and they're always negotiating with us, right? So we never quite get exactly what we're asking for. <clears throat> and you want to be, you know, not afraid to up your game and up your standard and go, I see what you just did there. I'm asking you a question. You gave me a half bleeped <laughs> response. I saw that and I'm on to you and come on, we can do better. So you want to make sure you're worth listening to and that your horse finds you interesting and, and respects you and not in a, I don't mean like respect, like you want him in submission, but he thinks, Hey, you saw that you're a pretty smart human. Be a brilliant conversationalist and hold your horse accountable. Why not? If what you're asking for is fair, reasonable, and possible, let's do it. And you will be amazed how many uh, horses who kind of are glowering and like, stop asking me that. And they're wearing that kind of like ugly face that the more you back off, the uglier the face gets. You know, the more you ask them a question and, and you accept that they give you even less response. Instead, check it's fair, reasonable, and possible, and then go for it. I see you. And it's amazing how much they'll be like, whoa, I better pay attention here. And when they pay attention, they come to life. Their ears are going to be more mobile. They're not going to be back stuck in that blech, holding tension. Now, the opposite problem and the opposite solution is your horse has done what you asked for. And for some reason you're thinking, oh my gosh, my horse is awesome, but your horse is like blech and the ears are back. So look for sources of tension somewhere. There's tension. And if it, you know, if it's not just the tension of exertion or maximum effort, check yourself first. Are you holding your breath? Are you holding tension in your body? That's where I'll start wiggling some body parts around. Like, well, where is this? Where's the stuck thing? And go to yourself first. I'll wiggle my head around. I'll wiggle my shoulders. I'll wiggle my elbows, wiggle my knees, things like that. 
have those yes moments. The yes moments are so powerful. Say it out loud because that takes care of the breathing part. When your horse is going well, say yes, give them a rub, let them know. You know, we're often so um, quick to add a stronger aid or give him a tap or tell him when he needs to do more. We'll tell him when he's done enough. Praise him along the way. No one likes the feeling of disappointment, right? No one likes to feel disappointed and no one likes to feel like someone else is disappointed in them. Horses can feel that. Horses want to feel like rock stars. They want to know that they got it right. So what can you do to reassure them? There was a horse that I, um, I had for a while. It wasn't my horse, but I played with her for a couple of years. Uh, her name was River and she was pretty intense. She was a Andalusian thoroughbred and she's really fun on the ground and at Liberty. And, uh, but she was, she was intense and she was, she would wear ears back in a very focused way. But there was sometimes when it just felt like, oh, there's just a little more tension there. And I can remember being with her in the round pen. And I'm trying to figure this out because I'm thinking, wow, she's so cool. She's doing everything I'm asking. Why is there this tension? And I would divert my eyes. So I wasn't staring at her. I was breathing. I was trying to like, see how relaxed I could be. And there's still this held tension. And then at one moment I reached over and I just touched her shoulder as we were trotting next to each other. And as soon as I touched her shoulder, her ears went forward and softer. And I take my hand off and she was like, they were back again. And it just, she really showed me the power of reassurance, right? So think about yourself if you're doing an exercise and you're working hard at it. And there's a little bit of like, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. And from across the arena, your trainer goes, that looks good. Ah. Oh. You're not changing anything. You just got some reassurance or you're walking around and you're worried about something and your best friend puts their hand on your shoulder and you're just like, Oh, and they say, it's going to be all right. You're good. And you feel better. So it's that kind of reassurance that they're on track reassurance that they're doing the right thing. So some things that I mentioned, wiggling the body parts, breathing, softening your gaze. Sometimes when we're on the ground, we're just staring at our horse. Now we're staring harder at them, trying to figure out what their ears are doing. <laughs> Soften your gaze. Use your peripheral vision. Sit. I love to talk to my horses just to, just to express what I'm feeling. Yes, you're gorgeous. That's awesome. And if they're holding that tension, you might stop for a second and rub on them until you see that soften and then try it again. So I hope, I hope that you find this interesting. Um, in the show notes, again, I'll have a link to that episode, that clip from The Simpsons. I'm also going to um, link a couple um, articles that I came across really easily about some terrible things that people do to horses' tails. Because I think it's on the same kind of subject. So um, I hope you find this interesting. I hope it helps you with your horse as a training tool to kind of assess how your horse is feeling. And I hope you, it helps you to suspend judgment when you see other people, um, pictures with their horses that you don't feel like they have to have their ears up all the time. 
We don't want people inserting little toothpicks into the back of horses' ears so that they stay forward because it really doesn't necessarily mean anything unless you really, 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 really know your horse. Anyway, that's it. Let me know how you think. Join me in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group. And uh, yeah, tell me, tell me what you've learned after uh, listening to this and observing your horse. All right, bye. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.